Okay, we'd like to welcome you to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for um, 3908. And we're going to continue with the last theme that we just were talking about in regard to the vaccinations. I'm just going to read this real quick again. Council on Foreign Relations, and, it's, and now this is an evil organization, they're even admitting this. They said, if a global flu pandemic ensues, we were talking about avian flu, in short order, the global economy would shut down. Vaccines would have no impact on the course of the virus in the first months and would likely play an extremely limited role worldwide during the following 12 to 18 months of the pandemic. Well, avian flu can kill you in a matter of days. What good, even if they had a vaccine that could do anything, they're admitting here that it's going to have no impact on the course in the first months. I went up on um, North Carolina website to their website the other day, and it said the same thing. It said the first four to six months, the vaccine would have no impact at all. Well, by then, the, the pandemic is going to run its course. Okay, We were just talking here about the flu shots. And um, I had a patient um, a while back that, that um, I was treating. And he um, it was, it was a, I believe, a personal injury case. And he graduated out of care. He wasn't getting care. But... I don't know, it was probably a month or two later I saw his wife, she came back in to, get to I don't know, regard the paperwork or something, and I asked her how her husband was doing, she said, oh, he's, he's dead. He died the day after he got the flu shot. And Nonetta was just relaying to me um, several people she's known that have, that have gotten very, very sick after getting the flu shot. Did you have any, you know, your, her husband and, and a, a couple other ladies that she knows got very, very sick uh, immediately after getting it. And a lot of times they never quite recover either. And the flu shot, um, in times past, has been loaded with aluminum. And aluminum is one of the main things that causes Alzheimer's as well. So, you know, just something to think about there. Now, from a biblical standpoint, why should we look at these issues that we're looking at today? Well, I've already mentioned a lot of the reasons, but 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So if we're ignorant of his devices, he can get an advantage of us. And then we, become, we can become destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4.6, again, my, my, says, My children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And it also says, Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, and thou shalt be a priest to me no more, and I will also reject thy children. So you've got to be really careful what knowledge you're rejecting. You know, if I can back up what I'm saying, is that, does that mean you should just reject it because you don't like what I'm saying? Or, or you can say, oh no, no, I, I, I know about avian flu and I don't believe it. Well, the Bible says, he that judgeth the matter before he heareth it, it is a folly and a shame unto him. Proverbs 18, verse 13. So, you better be careful what knowledge you're rejecting, because not only will it affect you, but it will affect your family. And then people say, well, we're not supposed to judge, but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.15, but he that is spiritual judgeth all things. We have to judge, every day. When you get in a car, you make judgments. You make a judgment to turn left or turn right, or to stop at a stoplight or not to stop. I mean, we judge all the time. It's how we, one of the ways we survive. When Jesus says, judge not lest ye be judged, he was in reference to hypocritical judging. Just read that particular portion of scripture, and he, kept, and he would say over and over, ye hypocrite. It's when you have a beam in your own eye, and you're judging the speck in your brothers. Okay, that's when you don't judge, in a hypocritical way. Now, let's talk about more of this vaccine issue. And let's go back to the 1918 Spanish flu. I'm going to give you four different witnesses here regarding that particular subject. This is an article from the Vaccine Liberation 
from 12103, and it was entitled, U.S. Vaccines Caused the Spanish Flu. Now, remember, in light of this, bear in mind what we're talking about, the current avian flu. You're going to have to do the math, okay, on this in your own head. But this is saying that in 1918, this, this article is entitled, U.S. Vaccines Caused the Spanish Flu. The 1918 Spanish flu started in the American military camp Funston, Fort Riley, amongst World War I troops who received the vaccinations administered by the military. That flu strain only appeared briefly once again, according to the U.S. Atlanta CDC, Centers for Disease Control. This was in 1976, and again it struck at the U.S. Army Camp Fort Dix, amongst recently vaccinated troops. Many times these people get these vaccines and they come down with the very thing they were just vaccinated for. Happens all the time. We were just talking about that. Fort Dix is known to have been a vaccine trial center. See, they experiment with the military first and then they, then they implement it on the American populace. Because like I said, if you're in the military, they own you. We've already seen the legislations how they own you. Bird flu, uh, this is an uh, article from John Christian Writer, 22206. I'll give you the link here. And it, this article was entitled, Bird Flu or Weapons Grade Flu. The CDC comparing the original H1N1 avian flu genome, which is like the template. Okay, we have H5N1. The Spanish flu of 1918 was H3N2. Well, it all came originally from H1N1. That was like the original foundational template for it. So the CDC comparing the original H1N1 avian genome with the mutated 1918 Spanish flu H3N2 of Fort Riley, when they compared that with the, H, with the current H5N1 strain that we're hearing about now, they believe that the H5N1 will mutate into an airborne influenza virus as the H3N2 strain did. See, it became airborne. Airborne human to human. And now, remember, that was the one that had a 30% kill rate. He's saying right here, it's a foregone conclusion, that this was, the, this was a mutated strain that was created at Fort Riley and using the vaccinations. Now, I'm not saying this. They're saying it. And they're believing, our government's believing, that this current H5N1 is going to mutate into an airborne influenza, just like the Spanish flu of 1918 did. Why does the CDC believe this? Now, this is Centers for Disease Control. They're saying this. Because the U.S. military created the first military strain of influenza. The H1N1 was morphed into H3N2, which is the Spanish flu of 1918, and was created in Fort Riley, Kansas, on April in April of 1918, from the naturally occurring avian flu virus H1N1. And it was a little bit confusing, but hopefully I got the point across there. This is an excerpt by a lady named Eleanor Bean. She's a PhD of this uh, excerpt from The Flu, 1918 and Now, Swine Flu Exposé, Chapter 2. Quoting from this, we read, I was an on-the-spot observer of the 1918 Influenza epidemic. Now, this is Eleanor McDean, PhD, wrote a whole thing about this. This is our third witness so far. She's an on-the-spot observer. 
of the 1918 influenza epidemic. All the doctors and the people who were living at the time of 1918 Spanish influenza epidemic say it was the most terrible disease the world had ever had. Strong man Hale and Hardy one day would be dead the next. The disease had the characteristics of the Black Death added to typhoid, diphtheria, pneumonia, smallpox, paralysis, and all the diseases the people had been vaccinated with immediately following World War I. That's what she's saying. Practically the entire population had been injected or seeded with a dozen or more diseases or toxic serums via the vaccinations. When all those doctor-made diseases started breaking out all at once, it was tragic. That pandemic dragged on for two more years, kept alive with the addition of more poison drugs administered by the doctors who tried to suppress the symptoms. <clears throat> as far as I could find out, the flu only hit the vaccinated. Wow. As far as I could find out, the flu only hit the vaccinated? Those who had refused the shots escaped the flu. Huh. Wow. My family had refused all the vaccinations, so we remained well all the time. So I said, you're going to have to do your own math here. Okay, but um, there, there's a full transcript here that you can go and read the whole uh, transcript. Now, a nation that is ignorant of its past is a nation that is ripe for deception and manipulation. Now, I give you a whole bunch of pictures of the actual 1918 flu outbreak in these slides. <clears throat> Here's another particular example. This is from the Irish Examiner of 52903. It is entitled, Vaccine, Not the Virus, Responsible for the Spanish Flu. The army doctors knew all these cases of disease and death were due to vaccination and were honest enough to admit it in their medical reports. When army doctors tried to suppress the symptoms of typhoid with a stronger vaccine, it caused a worse form of typhoid, paratyphoid. But when they concocted an even stronger vaccine to suppress that one, they created an even worse disease, Spanish Flu. After the war, this was one of the vaccines used to protect the panic-stricken world from the soldiers returning from World War I battlefronts infected with dangerous diseases. The rest is history. 50 million people died worldwide. So the evidence strongly suggests that the Spanish flu of 1918 was actually created and then spread through vaccinations. But the panic-stricken public demanded a vaccination not realizing it was, the, it was the very way in which the disease was spreading. Will history repeat itself? This is a, a quote from um, Dr. Leonard Horowitz, another MD, entitled, Avion Flu Fright, Politically Timed for Global Iatrogenocide. He says, to make the human vaccine specific for H5N1 mutant virus, this is the mutated form, this is the form that's going to be transferable human-to-human -human airborne. To make a vaccine that's specific for H5N1, you must first start with the human virus, which they say does not yet exist. Except, perhaps, in military, biomedical, pharmaceutical laboratories. In fact, this is precisely what is being prepared based on news reports. That's what one MD says. This just came out the other day, 2.20.08. It was entitled, U.S. Involved in Bird Flu Conspiracy. This is from Indonesia. 
Indonesia's health minister has suggested that the United States may be involved in a conspiracy to use the bird flu virus to develop biological weapons. The extraordinary allegation is included in a new book endorsed by their president, the president of Indonesia, Susilo Yudhoganu, whatever, sorry. I'm not good with all these names. Indonesia's health minister, Dr. Supari, expresses alarm at the World Health Organization's laboratories sharing bird flu virus data with the United States National Laboratory in Los Alamos, New Mexico, where nuclear weapons are developed. Whether they use it to make... Now, this is a quote from uh, her. Whether they use it to make a vaccine or develop chemical weapons... This is the, this bird flu thing. Will they use it to make a vaccine or to develop chemical weapons? Would depend on the need and the interest of the U.S. government. It's a very nice kind of roundabout way of saying this. Then it says, then she says, it is a matter of choice whether to use the material for vaccines or biological weapon development. Hmm. That was on ABC. ABC.net. I'll give you the full link here. This is another article entitled, Is the DOD, DOD to Augment Civilian Law During Pandemic or Bioterror Attack? This is from Lori Price of LegitGov.org. She says, Is Bush getting ready to play the bioterror card? If the GOP cannot steal an inevitable Democratic landslide in November of 2008, okay, and again, I believe that's all predetermined, but that's her take on it. She says, if the GOP cannot steal an inevitable Democratic landslide in November 2008, meaning the election, okay, will the Bush regime continue its illegitimate rule and empire by implementing a full-blown police state? I think whether the GOP, um, it, it, whether the Republican Party or Democratic Party, I don't think either of that matters. I think Bush wants to stay in, according to my reports. Will Bush regime continue its illegitimate rule and empire by implementing a full-blown police state? in the aftermath of an avian flu pandemic or a Bush-engineered bioterror attack. Based on what we've just read, what do you think? So, based on what I just read, if the Lord permits it to happen, this could go down anywhere from now until, you know, the elections or, or however long he's in office. This was in the Washington Post. U.S. uses live bird flu viruses in a vaccine experiment. This is from 12-1805. I never heard the outcome of this, but I can't imagine it would have been good. In an isolation ward of a Baltimore hospital, up to 30 volunteers will participate this April in a bold experiment. A vaccine made with a live version of the most notorious bird flu will be sprayed into their nose. Sounds reasonable to me. And it shows this lady taking one of these. <laughs> it's just incomprehensible. Here's another article. Vaccine blamed in avian flu outbreak. This is from Japan. The source is, I can barely read it, but um, a lot of technical names here. This was from 11.10.05. The agricultural ministry suspects an unauthorized vaccine from Central America caused the avian flu outbreak in Ibaraki Prefecture. That's the, evidently where it happened. The ministry said an unauthorized bird flu vaccine originating in Central America might have been brought into Japan instead of immunizing the birds, the vaccine infected them, the sources said. That's what happens all the time. 
Now, this is a picture I'm showing you on the slide, and it'll be better if you can actually view the slide presentation online, of a guy named Dr. James Shannon. He's the National Institutes of Health Director from 1955 to 1968. Here he is receiving the Distinguished Federal Civilian Service Award from President Lyndon B. Johnson in 1966. What does he think about vaccines, this guy? National Health Director for over a decade, Dr. James Shannon. What does he say? He says, the only safe vaccine is a vaccine that is never used. End of quote. Here's another story from Washington, CNN. It's entitled, Nearly $1 billion in injury claims paid out for vaccination programs. This was back in 1998, 10 years ago. Nearly $1 billion has been paid to more than 1,300 people injured over the past decade in a government-backed childhood vaccination program the Justice Department reported. The individual awards to the families of children by the vaccines often amounted to more than $1 million each. That's because the side effects are so horrific. Here's another article from the Associated Press. Uh, this is 11.905. The Centers for Disease Control will allow the 1918 killer flu off campus. Federal scientists say they will consider requests to ship the recently recreated 1918 killer flu virus to select U.S. research labs. There, now, this is the one that killed 50 million people worldwide, according to their statistics. There are 300 non-government research labs registered to work with deadly germs like the Spanish flu. Last month, the U.S. scientists announced they had created from scratch the 1918 flu virus. It was the first time an infectious agent had, behind a historical global epidemic had ever been reconstructed. Pretty comforting. Um, let's go back to the Bible. Psalm 112, verse 7 says, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Well, that says it all, right there. Regardless of what I'm saying today, even though it's evil tidings, it is truth. But he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. When you trust in the Lord, and you have that faith in the Lord, all this other stuff is good to know, but it's not going to affect who you are as a Christian. Because you're anchored on the rock, of Christ Jesus. Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare. Now this is how a lot of people that speak on these types of subjects motivate. Fear of man. A lot of people put out a lot of truth, like Alex Jones and these guys, but it's all it breeds is fear of man. They don't really point, even though Alex Jones says he's a born-again Christian, they're not pointing to Jesus Christ. They're pointing to, what can we do to stop this? Okay, so again, the fear of man bringeth a snare. Well, this is what we're talking about today. The fear of man, or the fear of world, or the fear of the situation. It's the opposite of fear of God. Remember, the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of understanding. It's the beginning of knowledge. There's all these blessings connected with the fear of the Lord. But the fear of man bringeth a snare. So if you're purely motivated, let's say you're an unsaved person, this can really do nothing but put the fear of man in you, this presentation. If you're not saved, that's what this is going to do, unfortunately. Not my goal, but that's what's going to happen. So, again, I'm going to keep pointing you to the Lord Jesus Christ, because he's your only hope. Period. Uh, then it says, But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. 
Again, that's the that's the remedy to the fear of man. Putting your trust in the Lord. But you have to have the faith to really believe it, too. It just can't be, oh, well, yeah, I believe, and then you're not really believing. I mean, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, read your King James Bible, play it. It's how you build your faith. Psalm 66 Verse 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So if you're a Christian or whatever, and you've got all kind of sin in your life, how are you going to get your prayers answered? The Bible says He can't hear you if you regard iniquity in your heart. That's why it's important for us to play that He does cleanse us of presumptuous sins and secret faults that they do not have dominion over us. Dominion means domination. What are presumptuous sins? Sins that are sins that you're presuming are not sins. And that's why they call it presumptuous you're presuming they're not even a sin, but they are, in God's eyes. Secret faults. These types of things. So, it's, you know, very important. Now, this goes on, this is another article from Washington. The new implantable biochip could provide a quick bird flu test. Uh, this is from 11805. U.S. researchers introduced new implantable biochip that can test for 11 different influenza strains, including the avian flu. In less than a quarter of the time it now takes to diagnose the flu in the patients. One, de one developer said this new technology should help provide better global influenza surveillance. So, boy, boy, talk about the devil having his cake and eating it too. Wow, we got, we got this uh, new biochip we can inject into you. Now, I'm not saying this is the mark of the beast, but it's sure not something I'd want. And uh, we can track you, and this biochip can actually test to see if you've got the avian flu in only a quarter of the time, so we'll catch it quicker, because avian flu kills you real quick, so you got to catch it quick. It's a biochip that can track you. Who knows what else they can do with it. It's going to provide them better influenza uh, surveillance, and uh, you're getting shipped at the same time. Wow. Now they have, this article is from the Telegraph, and it's entitled, Injectable Microchip is 400th the size of a grain of salt. A microchip computer, a microscopic computer chip so tiny that 400 could fit on a grain of salt, that would be smaller than you could even see with your eyes. 400 could fit on a grain of salt will soon begin to revolutionize electronics soon. The memory device due to be produced by the end of 2004, well here we're in 2008, is the size of a human cell, making it the most compact chip ever. That's comforting. Dr. Elibogen, a physicist at the MITRE Corporation, said that by stacking the chips on top of each other, creating what they call injectable nanorobots, it should be possible to store a gigabyte of information on a device the size of a grain of salt. Pentagon's Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, which is called DARPA, is funding the project. Notice it's all military. So in light of the information presented, it is highly probable that injectable microchips will inevitably be used with a host of vaccines and other drugs. You could be getting injections right now getting them. We could have been getting them for years. They got them to where there's the size of a cell. Remember, you're destroyed for lack of knowledge. You can be. What if they're using these injectable microchips with the vaccines that they're proposing for the avian flu? Talk about 
double witch's brew. It is also a proven fact that the U.S. government has experimented on the American populace for decades. For further verification of this, I give you two websites. And I think Dr. Stan Monteith did a whole thing on that where he documented all the experimentation that's been done on us. Now, let's get more down to the remedy here, at least from a physical standpoint. I've given you a lot of the spiritual remedy, and we're going to now look at a little more at the physical remedy. Former CIA microbiologist Larry Harris speaks on biological weapons and ways to protect our families. Now, I've known about this for a long time, this Larry Harris guy. This excerpt is from Canada's Aerospace and Defense Weekly. It is. It says, in the very near future, we can almost certainly expect various biological weapons to be used by various terrorist organizations. And this was several years ago, this was said. This makes it imperative that the citizens of North America obtain the necessary knowledge and skills to protect themselves against this emerging threat. When Larry Harris was questioned about which natural substances were effective against biological agents, his answer was, the only natural substance I know of that is effective against these microbes is colloidal silver. I, now, he wasn't selling colloidal silver. He just said it as his research as a CIA biologist. He says, I know, um, I know, the only natural substance I know of that is effective against these microbes is colloidal silver. I tested that myself when I was with the CIA and found it effective against both anthrax and the bubonic plague pathogen. Now, I'll give you the link to that article if you want to explore that further. Now, Proverbs 22, verse 3 says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. We mentioned that. But the simple pass on and are punished. Psalm 119, verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It's something we want to be doing in regard to this, this knowledge. Um, and the Bible also says in Psalm 119, verse 9, um, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Psalm 57, verse 1, says, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. So, what are some proactive steps we can take to protect our families? Out of all the preemptive actions outlined by the U.S. government regarding the coming pandemics, not one of them says... Teach the population how to be proactive regarding an impending pandemic by supporting and building up their own immune system. They're not saying that. They're saying, Tamiflu, vaccinations, wash your hands, stay indoors. Well, yes, yeah, some of those are practical, but they're not going to ultimately protect you, as particularly the washing the hands and staying inside if, if we have this pandemic outbreak. Um, we're going to want to take other steps in order to ensure safety. Virtually all the health authorities already know that supplies of any potential vaccines, antivirals, and antibiotics will be wiped out in a matter of days following an outbreak. It's going to be supply and demand. Okay. So, in the face of a pandemic, the available supplies of antiviral drugs would be used up in days, said Robert G. Webster of the Infectious Diseases Department of St. Jude's Hospital. We've already looked at how effective Tamiflu is against the non-mutated version. Uh, this is a quote from Dr. James Wild. These are all medical doctors of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Medical College of Georgia. He says, even now there is little to no excess capacity to absorb more patients. But when 
pandemic flu arise, there will be a tidal wave of patients arriving in clinics and the ERs nationwide. If it happens tomorrow, the system will collapse. That's what the MDs are saying. So the wrong thing to do is nothing. Prepare for the coming pandemics with the category, with the seriousness of a Category 5 hurricane. The information that we've presented today is coming from the prognosticator experts. This is what they're telegraphing to us. So it is apparent that perilous times are ahead, but just not from this, just according to the Bible. Now, my disclaimer regarding the next part, I have to read this. It is your constitutional right to educate yourself in the arena of health and medical knowledge, to seek helpful information and to make use of it for the benefit of you and your family. You are the one responsible for your own health. In order to make decisions in all health matters, you must educate yourself. The information presented is not intended to be as a prescriptive advice or should not be construed to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease or condition. The supplements discussed are intended to support normal, physiological, and biochemical processes of the human body. My goal is to help you make physical and nutritional changes to maximize your own healing potential and immune function. With that said, I'm going to be covering... I'm going to be keen on a few products that will cover the most bases in regard to our immune systems. First one I'm going to be talking about is the Invive Mild Silver Protein, 5,000 part per million. Um, and this particular, what we, this would be a true colloidal silver product. And this product has been stabilized and properly compounded. This product can be taken internally, applied topically to, let's say, an infectious wound or even atomized via a personal nebulizer like asthmatics use. And we'll talk about that more in a second. For over 100 years, mild silver protein has medically been proven to be highly effective for viral and bacterial infections. There has never been a reported case of Argyria from taking in vive mild silver protein, and the company has been in business since 1995. Now, Argyria is this big thing lately where these people are turning gray. Okay, Very few. But anytime one of them comes around, it's all over the news. And the reason that happens, um, 99 times out of 100, is these are the people that are making it themselves with a generator in their house. Okay, I met a lady when I did my DVD on the avian flu in Topeka, Kansas. She was a pastor's wife. And she came up to me, and yes, she was gray. And she said, yeah, I, I take the silver, but I make it. And I drink 16 ounces a day. Now, when you make silver in a cheap generator, you're making 99 plus percent what they call ionic silver. It's not colloidal silver, which is actually where you take a particulate silver and make it. True colloidal silver is not made electrically. The ionic silver that you have with these little generators you put in water, is, is, it's called ionic silver. It has a very, very, very short half-life in the body, or not half-life, but it has a very short life in the body, I should say, before it's bound up, um, and um, it has a, a life of anywhere from five to seven seconds. Once it hits the acids in either the stomach or the acids in the bloodstream, it is converted into a form that's virtually useless to the body. Now, if you take enough of it, yes, you can get some benefit. And the people that are turning gray are turning gray, but they're not like turning gray and dying. They're not turning gray and getting cancer. It's purely a benign condition, Argyria. 
Okay. Now, there's never been a, a reported case of Argyria from this particular silver. So I like to state that right up front because people say, oh, it's so much stronger. No, it doesn't. It doesn't cause that because this is a true colloidal silver. It's processed. It's compounded in the right way. It's made under pharmaceutical grade standards, double check off list, the whole nine yards. The silver that they're using in this particular product is the same silver base that they're using in burn wards across America. And it has a very sh long shelf life too. So I like to try to just get all that out of the way because I get emails if I don't say that. And I've also got several emails that go into these things in depth. So you can email me if, if you want to know more. I can, I'll load your boat on it. Because when I did that 14-city tour, I got this asked every single city. Multiple questions about silver every night. So it's a subject I've researched heavily. And you can also read. I can send you my newsletter where I, I'll tell you how I found out about this. And I really believe the Lord showed me this product. These are some quotes for some medical doctors. This is from UCLA Medical Center. It said, colloidal silver killed every virus that was tested in the lab. Now, these are in um, what we would call in vitro studies done in more, most likely a Petri dish. Uh, March 1978 issue of Science Digest in an article entitled, Our Mightiest Germ Fighter, reported regarding colloidal silver. An antibiotic kills perhaps half a dozen different disease organisms. But silver kills some 650. And when you see some of the research on silver, it'll say it kills 650 different things. Well, the weak silvers that you get in the health food store that are made electrically, that are mostly ionic, which are anywhere from 5 to 20 parts per million, maybe 50 parts per million, they don't, they don't kill 650 things. They're not strong enough to do that. And not only that, they're made the wrong way. Uh, but then it says, but silver kills some 650 disease, diseases. Resistant strains also fail to develop. That was what the Science Digest said in 1978. Dr. Henry Cooks, an MD, said, I know of no microbe that is not killed in laboratory tests within six minutes. Cancer research scientist Dr. Gary Smith says, when silver was present in the body, the cancer cell de-differentiated and the body was restored. So those are just some quotes. The colloidal silver I mentioned falls within the guidelines as they existed before the 1938 federal regulatory takeover of our food and drug supply. I'm going to go into that in a second. Therefore, this product can be distributed as a pre-1938 original formula without FDA new drug approval. That's something very unique about this product. This is the original 1938 broad-spectrum mild silver protein formula that was used in the treatment of more than 650 diseases, including viral infections, bacterial infections, cold, flu, nasal infections, and fungal infections. Now, I also have a link here you can go to if you, where, it, where it will totally educate you on this subject in depth. But in a nutshell... The reason it talks about this pre-1938 Food and Drug Administration thing is because from the early 1900s up to 1938, it was a very common practice. If you went into an MD's office, he would actually many times prescribe you mild silver protein for a cold or flu or whatever. Okay? Now, he, sometimes he had the ability to compound it right there in his office. Sometimes he had to send you out to a pharmacist so they could compound it for you. He would write the prescription. The prescription would usually be anywhere from one to two weeks. The reason that the silver at the time had to be compounded was because it had a very, very short shelf life. They had not found a way to stabilize the product prior to 1938. So it would be like taking a course of antibiotics and having to take them 
and take the whole thing and take it quickly because this doesn't have a very long shelf life. At 1938 rolled around, the FDA took over, and they said, listen, number one, the drug companies were looking at this, and they were saying, well, remember what I said before, drug companies have no financial interest in developing a cure for anything? Well, silver was curing 650 diseases. Therefore, there was no real financial interest for a pharmaceutical company to develop a cure for 650 diseases. It was going to take away a lot of the reoccurring revenue money off the drugs. So it fell out of favor in 1938, and at that point, antibiotics, the wonder drugs came, that perpetuate disease. Just keep, just try to take a cycle of antibiotics, and typically you're taking another cycle in six to eight more weeks because it wreaks havoc on your own bowel floor and your own immune system, which is what they want. It's called reoccurring revenue. You get dependent on it. also causes reoccurring yeast infections, candida. So the silver fell out of favor at that point. Because they couldn't patent it because it was, a, it was a natural substance. And if they can't patent it, they, they can't have a corner on the market. And it was curing 650 diseases. So at that point, it fell out of favor. And a whole bunch of years went by. And um, there was a doctor, and we're going to talk about him in a second. Named, well, in fact, I'm just going to wait until that slide to go further. So let's just go further first, and then we'll talk about him in a second. 5,000 part mild silver protein, these are my suggested dosing guidelines. Um, and again, if you, uh, I can email this to you as well. If you, if you email me, I'll, I'll email you the sheet. It's also going to be on the slide on the uh, presentation up on the internet. Um, these are the suggested therapeutic dosing guidelines. One teaspoon to one tablespoon for every 30 pounds of body weight per day if you have been exposed, or if you have a virulent virus. Now, this, these dosages that just mentioned should be equally broken up and taken in three-hour intervals. Now, this is a very aggressive dosage, but obviously we've looked at avian flu, and it's pretty nasty stuff. So it's not something you'd want to mess around with. Okay. Now, obviously, you also want to stay at home and avoid contact with the populace till the outbreak passes. And I cannot say, like I said in my disclaimer, I can't say I'm saying we're going to treat or cure anything. Okay? I can't say that. Only the guys with the white lab coats that say MD can say that. Okay? So again, you're going to have to kind of read between the lines and do your own math here. So you want to stay at home and avoid the contact with the populace till the outbreak passes. That's something that would be logical. If you're taking the mild silver protein, drink at least eight eight-ounce glasses of purified water per day to keep it kind of everything, keep everything flush through the system. The mild silver protein can also be used topically with DMSO, which is called uh, dimethyl sulfoxide. You can get it at any health food store. And, and if you had something where it was near the surface or infection, um, you could actually apply the mild silver protein and the DMSO over it, and it would actually penetrate it right into the skin. That's what DMSO is. It's a carrier. Uh, and I'll give you some more links here to explore that on the, on the presentation. Because the 5,000 part per million is the only available in 4-ounce bottles, it would be wise to keep a few bottles for each adult family member or one to two for each child in your household. View this like an insurance policy that hopefully you'll never have to use. Even if you don't use the product in the event of a pandemic, it can be diluted and taken on an everyday basis to keep the immune system strong. My website is www.drdoctor-johnson.com.
www.dr-johnson.com. And there's a lot of resources up there. There's a doctor's desk reference that tells you um, virtually any disease or any problem that has either a viral, bacterial, fungal origin, you have a protocol there, right there. So there's a lot of resources you can explore on the website as well. And a recent email I received from the, the following information from the president of this company who makes the 5,000 part per million mile silver protein that I'm in reference to in Vive, mile silver protein. He said, this product, God willing, will protect indiv individuals from the end time plagues. Now again, I, you don't put all your trust in the silver, but I'm just saying if the Lord's leading you in this direction, you know, you need to do it whatever the Lord's leading you to. But ultimately, God is our protection. But he's saying, God willing, this product will protect individuals from end time plagues. It is, has already worked against HIV and AIDS, SARS, and every strain of flu it has ever been used on. Premier, Premier Jing of China bought 15 bottles of our 5,000 part per million and sent it to his National Labor Science Laboratory. But they tried to copycat the formulation, but they could not stabilize it. Because in order to break the code, because, see, remember what I said before, they they could never find a way to stabilize this stuff. Well, this President Jing bought 15 bottles when they had their SARS outbreak. And um, the only ones that survived the SARS outbreak that contracted it were the ones that took the silver. Everybody else died. Even, even the people that, um, even the doctors that were administering it to them, if they didn't get the silver, they ended up dying. So, he bought 15 bottles of this sent it to his National Science Lab, and they tried to copycat it, but they couldn't stabilize it, because in order to break the code, they would have to do 1,000 times 1,000 different formulations to get what they call the molar ratios right, and each formulation they would check, they had to wait at least six months to see if it precipitated out. In other words, if they don't stabilize it right, what will happen is, the silver will precipitate out a solution, and you'll actually see it fall to the bottom of the, of the uh, bottle. If that happens, it's worthless. So, Dr. Cordeaux was actually the MD who developed and enhanced the mild silver protein product after 1938. He said that God led him and inspired him on how to stabilize this formula. And i got to believe he did. Um, the only company that got the full formulation is Invive, um, this Invive mild silver protein company. They're the only ones that have it. And there's one other company that has the partial formulation, but because they only have the partial formulation, they can only make strengths up to 1,000 part per million, which isn't enough to deal with uh, really virulent diseases. So, um, Dr. Cordeaux was an MD who developed it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, and in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. It's another thing to bear in mind about the day and time we're living in. Are we acknowledging him? Because when we do that, he promises he'll direct our paths. So even one of their own scientists, um, being an MD, recommended the formula to them. This is the mild silver protein. Scientist emeritus Dr. William Bergdorfer, PhD MD, who is also the discoverer of Lyme disease, of whom the Lyme bacteria was named after, as Borrelia burgdorferi, he recommended the silver to the medical community at worldwide conferences to hundreds of MDs, but the medical community preferred the pharmaceutical drugs and refused to use the silver. Now, I have the whole link to that. You can actually see his hand-signed letter 
where he talks about this. Okay, so enough on the silver. There's another product that you may want to consider. It's called MMS. It stands for Miracle Mineral Supplement. This is quoting from an issue of Global Light Network, Volume 3, Issue 34 of 823.07. MMS is a stabilized oxygen formulation that is 28% solution of sodium chloride in distilled water, which actually what that is, is you've heard of stabilized oxygen? Well, that's what it is. Okay. When ordinary white vinegar is added to a few drops of MMS, the chlorine dioxide, which is not regular chlorine, which would be toxic, but chlorine dioxide is created and when ingested produces a major boost to the immune system, killing virtually every known pathogen, including bacteria, funguses, virus, yeast, molds, and many other parasites. I give you the links here. And again, you're going to have to go online to, to uh, see the, uh, these links. But I'll include the link to my online presentation so you can view that. Another thing that you may want to consider is North American Urban Spice Super Strength Oregano P73. Oregano P73. It's North American Urban Spice. It has been proven in an in vitro study, meaning a Petri dish, which isn't the same as in the body, but still, it's been proven in a Petri dish to inactivate avian flu virus H9N2. Now, that's not H1, H5N1, but still, I felt that that was noteworthy to include that in here. Like I said, my experience has been with the silver, okay? Uh, but there's some other products in there that, that are worth mentioning as well. Uh, something, if you just wanted to do one thing to um, boost your uh, vitamins and minerals and trace minerals and those things up, there's a product called Intramax. It's by Drucker Labs. It's 415 organic nutrient complexes in an all-in-one liquid formulation. Supplies immune system boosting components of vitamin C, E, selenium, and zinc, to name a few. See, it's just not about silver. I would never just say, okay, just do silver and do nothing else. Because what about all the other trace minerals and vitamins we're lacking in our diet? So it is good to, at bare minimum, have some type of base as your vitamin mineral base. Um, so anyway, I give you on the information on how to look into that or order it on the, uh, on the website slide. Nebulizer recommendations. I would advise you invest in a personal nebulizer as the mild silver protein can be put into this device and atomized into the lungs and nasal passages. Um, if you use a 500 to 100 part per million strength silver for nebulizer use. Now, the reason you do this is if, is if avian flu becomes, remember what we said, when it becomes airborne? Well, how are you going to contract it? You're going to inhale it. Well, where's it going to get into first? The lungs. Well, if you actually were doing nebulizer treatments, which is where you know the, what the asthmatics do, you can actually dilute the 500 part per million, uh, the, the 5,000 part per million silver into a um, 500 part per million strength. You just cut it with distilled water. So for that, uh, what do you do, like 10 parts water, 10 parts distilled water, one part. Um, 5,000 part per million, you make a 500 part solution, and you can actually put this in an atomizer, and do, and do um, uh, or nebulizer, and actually nebulize this into the sinus cavities and into the lung fields. So you're actually putting the silver where the infection actually started. So it's a very direct way of doing it. I give you a link here to a um, nebulizer that I found that was very, very reasonably priced. Uh, 
And I, again, I have no affiliation with these companies. I just tried to find good deal for for people. And uh, if you try to buy one of these locally in America, they won't let you do it. You've got to get a prescription from your doctor. So I would recommend going the online internet route in regard to this. <clears throat> indoor air quality, which is also very important. Um, I think it's important that you're purifying the indoor air, especially in light if there's an outbreak, because if somebody comes in your house and they've got it, and you're not doing anything to purify the indoor air, well, then that would be a way you could contract it. The best indoor air device I found, and again, I have no affiliation with this company, um, is called Way Healthier or AirWise Air Purifiers. This unites four of the most accepted and powerful methods for destroying, not just filtering, contaminants. See, the air filters that filter the air, the very filters themselves can become a breeding ground for the very virus or bacteria you're trying to go after. So that's not the way you want to go. Okay? Those are fine for filtering out tobacco smoke and things like that, but not with this. This one has UV3 germicidal lamps, purifying hydro hydroxyl radicals, negative ions, and photoionization. Four technologies. And that's at Mercola.com. Gas mask recommendations, invest in gas masks for each member of your household. But remember, the gas mask is only as good as the seal to your skin. So don't put all your eggs in this basket. If that seal's compromised and you've been around it, you can contract it, okay? Um, and I give you a link there for a good gas mask that I found. Also, gravity-fed water purification systems. Uh, probably one of the best is the British Burkefield water purification. Um, and water purification, food provisions, at least three months supply for your immediate family. A good website, and I give you this on the uh, presentation, is aaoobfoods.com. aaoobfoods.com. They've got pretty much everything in one basket there. There's a lot of sites up there that you can get this stuff. Um, you can shop, you know, but the point is, is, it's good to have this on hand to be prepared. Now, also, for some free emergency guides, these are all downloads, these are all free. This is courtesy of survival, SurvivorMall.com. The documents at the link below contain hundreds of pages from books, reports, booklets on how to perform first aid, prepare temporary shelters, build bomb shelters, defend against terrorism, chemical contamination, shield against nuclear fallout, survive earthquakes, storms, floods, and dozens of other sudden emergency situations. There's a whole, this is all free. All free. You can get it, download it anytime. Uh, again, for further research on the subject, my website's www.drdr-johnson.com. You can email me. Um, my website, my email address is on this presentation. Uh, or on the web on the web page, you'll see. You can email me on Sermons Audio. Um, you can also buy the previous version of this presentation on DVD through CuttingEdge.org. Just do a keyword search for CuttingEdge.org and then just put in Avion Flu and maybe Scott Johnson. And it, they're 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 selling the DVD right now. In fact, they've got a special on it right now. I think he's taking like 20% off on the DVD. David Bay is. Um, and then I give you some other links you can go to to explore these specific things about the silver and about the DMSO that I mentioned. So what I'm trying to do is be very, very proactive. I'm not expecting you to, to, to believe anything that I'm saying. You can go check all this out for yourself. Being like good Bereans like the Bible talks about. 
If you want to subscribe to my newsletter, I have a Christian and a health-oriented newsletter, which I get into this. You can just email me at my email address. I'll just give it. It's D-R-J-O-H-N-S-O-N, Dr. Johnson, at the letter I, the letter X, dot netcom, N-E-T-C-O-M, dot com. And just let me know what newsletter you want to be added on to. If you want to be added on to both, just say Christian and Health, and I'll add you on. If you have any specific questions, you can email me. Um, I'm going to be putting this up on Google very soon, and I don't know what type of response, but I'm I'm pretty overwhelmed right now, so um, if I don't get back to you right away, just be patient. And, um, you, well, if you're listening to this, you're already on my Sermon Audio website. And ultimately, you know, like I had said before, the Lord Jesus Christ is our only hope. Okay? And ultimately, that's what I want to point people to. I have a link on here called Free Gift to Chick.com in regard to getting saved and salvation. And I said this on the other presentation, but I'll just say it on this. There's just there's only two religions in the world. There is all your man-made works-based religions, all your isms, Catholicism, Buddhism, Hinduism, Confucianism, whatever you want to call it, Mormonism, which all believe you get to either heaven or nirvana or paradise or whatever they call it through works. And then there's what the Bible says, true Bible-believing Christianity. Where it says, for you are saved by grace, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So, it's through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that we would receive this gift. Okay, Jesus Christ paid our sin debt. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, he paid our sin debt. And that's a gift he freely offers to us. Okay. Now the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6.23. So, this is a gift that we either freely receive, we either freely reject, but it's not by works, lest any man should boast. And that was Ephesians 2.8 and 9. The Bible says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. But you have to have real faith in order to believe that. It's not just saying some little prayer. You confess it with your mouth and you believe it in your heart. Okay? And people, some people say, well, I'm, I'm a pretty good, basically a pretty good person. and I think I'm, I'm going to heaven and God wouldn't send me to, to hell. The Bible says in Isaiah 64, 6, that for we are all together as an unclean thing. And all of our righteousness are as filthy rags and we do all fade together as doth a leaf. Okay? And the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Our heart will deceive you. So don't, so don't fall for that. Okay? The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by Me. So there's only one way to heaven. One way. And it's a gift you either freely receive, or you freely reject. And I am begging you today to accept that free gift if you're not saved. Please, in the name of Jesus Christ, accept that free gift of salvation. Uh, you can email me. I can email you further information on this. You can go up on the PowerPoint presentation. You can click into this free gift link, and this will walk you through it as well. And we're at the last slide. Ephesians 6, 11 and 12 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God 
that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So, remember, all the stuff that I talk about today is all seemingly flesh and blood stuff in the physical realm. But the Bible says what's behind all of this is not flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what our battle is. But it's very easy to get our eyes off that and onto the fact of concentration camps and forced vaccinations and this and that. But see, primarily our battle is one on our knees. Be, by being right with God. Prayer, praying and fasting. These types of things. Okay? So, the weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. For the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to the dividing of the, of the soul and spirit and the joint marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Okay, so that's our battle. And the sword of the spirit is one of our, is really the only offensive weapon that we have in that arsenal. The, the, the full armor of God, you know, um, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, having your loins girded with truth, you know, taking up the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, having on the helmet of salvation. The only offensive weapon mentioned there is the sword of the Spirit. How did Jesus Christ deal with the devil in the wilderness? He quoted scripture. Well, aren't we supposed to follow in his footsteps? This is why I'm so big on memorizing scripture and quoting it and playing the King James Bible in your house. Because ultimately, the Word of God, which is the foundation of our faith, is what we're going to have to rely on going into the times that we're going into. But, we were chosen, if you live in today's day and age, and you're a Christian, you were chosen to live in this time. And there's a great cloud of witnesses that are looking down, that have been wanting to know about this, and, 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 and explore this for a long time. We're actually in a very honorable position as Christians. And for one reason or another, God had you live in today's day and age. So don't get down and don't don't get your eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Um, anyway, I'm going to go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. And uh, we'll do that now. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your goodness and your mercy in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do pray, God, that you would forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed in any way, shape, or form. That you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. And that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. I pray, God, if there's anyone we have not forgiven, that we would forgive them in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. I pray, God, that you would remove all bitterness from us, that you would purify us, Lord God, that you would prepare us for the days to come, for the battles to come in the name of Jesus Christ, and that we would be good soldiers, Lord God, and that your name would be glorified through us, and that through the body of Christ, you would lead many people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, Lord, I can present this information all day long about the avian flu, but if people, even if they heed the information, they don't get saved, what good have I done them? In the name of Jesus Christ, if they plunge into the lake of fire or hell, what good have I done them, Lord? I just pray, God, your fear would be upon the body of Christ and upon those listening to this. And it would be a godly fear that would drive them to repentance in the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord God. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen.